0: You're listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlist.
1: Take it away, boys. Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 44 for October 26th, 2008. I'm Mark Spagnolo,
0: and I'm Matt Vanderlist. And of course, right at the very beginning, I want to remind everybody that you're going to hear something in the episode today that you're going to want to comment on. You're going to want to send us a voicemail, whatever. A couple of different ways you can get a hold of us with your questions or your comments. You can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com, or you can pick up the phone and leave us a message at 623-242-2450. Whew. Hey, so it's, uh, it's the uh, last week in November. Or November. Wow, I'm way ahead of myself. <laughs> <laughs> the last week of yes. October. <laughs> so right. that means uh, Halloween is just around the corner. You guys got any, uh, any big scary plans going on or anything uh, down there in Arizona? No, you
1: know what? We, we kind of live in a weird neighborhood. There's just too much distance between houses and any self-respecting parent would probably not let their child roam around this area. Um, you know, and if, and if you're, if you're a candy loving child, who's, who's really trying to make the most of your time, this is not the place to go for the best yield, uh, yield to the actual amount of foot walking ratio is just, it's terrible because (laughs) there's just, there's just not enough houses, um, you know, per block here. So Right. Um so no uh, we don't get many kids it's, it tends to be kind of a Nicole and I are the kids and we watch you know like a SpongeBob Halloween cartoon and eat candy uh keep the lights on for the one kid that does decide to come to our house and he gets a whole bowl of candy so <laughs>
0: I thought maybe you were going to be passing out like, cut-offs. So, like, ooh, here's some eh, Hey, here's some full Heart Peel. You. Hey, this gonna is good this. quality
1: stuff, kid. <laughs> yeah,
0: this is some veneer. There's not a lot we can use in the shop, but it's all yours. Go ahead and have fun with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. And, you know, the thing is we, we're we the type of people who would totally dress up and just have a great time with it, uh, but we would just be dressing up to entertain ourselves, which is not very exciting.
0: Right, yeah, definitely. No, that's uh, – in my neighborhood, we actually happen to be on a main strip, so what ends up happening is – we're the houses that people drop their kids off from the neighboring community and they all bring them in drop them off right in front of our house and then it's just pure mayhem it's like one of those you've never walked my street who are you rec- <laughs> i don't know <recognize> <laughs> so, but we used to do that with our kids too our old neighborhood wasn't uh, exactly that way you know it's so open so that's what we used to do that but yeah, right. around here we're definitely uh, we're getting ourselves all geared up. In fact, uh, as soon as I'm done with today's episode, uh, I've got to go ahead and make a costume for my son because my wife happens to be out of town right now, and uh, we're, he's going to be going as Ben Ten. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the cartoon Ben Ten, no. But um, yeah, basically he's just a kid. <laughs> so the costume's not kid. so yeah, it's perfect for dad. I mean, it's just like one of those here. Put this shirt on. And, yeah, uh,
1: I was about to say I had no idea you were a seamstress.
0: Uh yeah, I, I, I can cut the fabric, but it's all frayed, <laughs> much like my projects.
1: <laughs>
0: nice. and, and if I can't but if I can if it doesn't hold in place with a nice glue stick. Eh, forget about it. You don't need it.
1: <laughs> well, you know how we feel about those sewing and crocheting podcasts. So, uh, you know, you yeah. well, don't want to don't support the competition too much.
0: Right. Well, I've been listening to them, so I find out what they're doing. So, you know, you have to know <laughs> your enemy. <laughs> there you go. Nice.
1: So, hey,
0: there there's some big been some big news going on. I seem to remember a certain wood whisperer who got to visit somebody famous. And You want to tell us about that?
1: I don't know what you're talking about. Um, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it was it was pretty cool. Um, well, geez, it was almost two weeks ago now. Uh, we went really? to uh, yeah, I mean, time time just flew by. We went to BlizzCon, which is a big uh, video game uh, conference, I guess you would call it, in Southern California. And figured while we're going there, it's a great opportunity to uh, to just take the trip north uh, to Santa Rosa, Petaluma area, and deliver the gadget station to Leo Laporte. So we did that it was uh, pretty amazing uh, it's like a, a dream come true for Nicole she really uh, wanted to meet him bad um, right. so uh, it was pretty neat we got this uh, hang out in his little uh, twit coll- cottage they call it and it's just this craftsman style you know bungalow uh, home that's uh, i don't know it's a, it's probably a historical uh, building out there because it's just you know, typical craftsman style wood everywhere, just a really nice place. So it was actually kind of cool to see that the gadget station, uh, which is sort of uh, green and green influence, is going to live in a uh, craftsman style bungalow like that. Right. Um, so, so anyway, we sat down, had a little interview, which I didn't expect. I mean, he, well, I expected it because he said he was going to do that, but that was not the reason we went there. Um, honestly the main reason was to to give him this uh, gift and give Nicole an opportunity to to meet him and talk with him so um we had a really good time it was actually a blast and quite an experience and I got to see David Marks while we were there cuz he's uh we were in Petaluma. Santa Rosa is right there so okay. yeah so we uh, checked out David Marks new shop he uh, added on since the last time I was there and he uses that space for teaching his classes Got a whole tour. Uh, we got had the camera out the whole time. We got some incredible footage uh, of a current project that he's working on right now. And as I'm filming this thing, it was almost like watching a woodworks episode, but uh, an advanced-level woodworks episode that he would have never been able to do on TV. Right. Uh, and then I got some pretty sweet footage. Uh, we went over into his... Um, he basically built on another area that they use to display some of his work, and he's got his drum set in there. So uh, we both took turns uh, sitting on the drums and just jamming for a few minutes. So that was <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. So I got some of that on tape, and hopefully, I'll I'll have that uh, content out pretty soon. But the holiday stuff is what's uh, really taking up my time now, getting ready for the um, uh, the holiday episodes and holiday projects. So.
0: Right, definitely, yeah. So, guess- what about
1: what about you? What are you working uh, on now?
0: Uh, well, I was uh, I was watching the show where uh, Mark Spagnolo was uh, with, with Neil, or <sighs> and uh, I heard he got to meet Callie Lewis, which I was a little jealous.
1: Oh, about. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yes, we did get to meet Callie and uh, and Neil, her husband, and that was that was just being in the right place at the right time. I had no idea they were going to be there. Um, if anyone's not familiar, they do a tremendous podcast called Geek Brief. And they've got a huge audience. It's just a, a quick—I think they do it four or five days a week. It's just a quick uh, review of tech gadgets and new releases and tech news. And they're really cool people. And they're—they're, um, they're, I believe, from Texas. And okay. they just do this incredible podcast, husband and wife team. Just kind of reminds me a little bit of what Nicole and I do, mm-hmm. um, except for they both are fully invested in this as as a career path, which is pretty cool. So, um, what's their website? Geek Brief. Is a
0: TV dot or no, it's just geekbrief. dot tv
1: geekbrief. or com. I can't remember.
0: I can't remember now either.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's just Google Geekbrief. You have no problem finding it, or or go to iTunes and and you could pick it up there. But really good show. Check it out. And they they mentioned us on uh, on one of their episodes, which is really nice of them. So
0: nice, sweet. Yeah. yeah, Well, my life hasn't been very exciting so far. the The, the most exciting thing. I think since our, our last episode that has happened is, uh, by now we've all, we all know that Lee Valley has definitely, uh, kind of stepped in here. Not only are they kind of, uh, putting some banner ads on our sites and everything, but we got to try out some of the great hand planes that they have. And oh, yeah. I have just, I've, I've been down in the shop and the family has been accusing me of ignoring them. And they're right. I have been, because <laughs> I, I cannot stop playing with these things. I, uh, uh, the, the main ones I really have been playing with the most is the, the skew rabbit planes. And I, 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 it's kind of funny cause I'm left-handed, but I'm finding for me, the right-handed version seems to work out the best. Hmm. And I've just, I've been having a ton of fun with it, getting it set up. And I noticed as soon as I opened it up, I mean, most of them are already pre-lapped on the back. So it's pretty much ready to go right out of the box. And I, I took a couple of quick passes and I was just really shocked with it. And one thing I discovered is I've actually been, and I'm going to do a little show about this. and just kind of show a quick video is, um i would, rather than just making the rabbit i was kind of making like raised panels with it just kind of tilting it a little bit to the side and then just uh making the passes and i got some really great results so that's i mean i i've i've got like stacks and stacks of wood that i'm like i should use this for a project <laughs> i'm gonna play with the skew rabbit planes <laughs> so I think that's nice. all I've and then I, I played with the um a plow plane and holy cats i'm like you know what? I no longer need to make, uh, um, you know, grooves with my dado saw. I don't need to make it with my my router. I'm just going to make it with the plow plane. I can do it. You know, late at night, which I have been doing because my wife's been coming down, put the damn plane down and get <sighs> <you> there. <out. laughs>
1: so, see, that's what I was going to ask you. Um, I haven't had a chance to dig in uh, quite that much just because I've been out of town. And I was I took a look at the the plow plane yesterday, and I was going to ask you how much. A uh, practical uh, use? Do you see that as far as taking the place of something you might use your router for?
0: Um, you know, to be honest with you, I would. One thing I wanted to, to kind of play with a little bit is I almost want to time myself to see just how much faster or. I don't really think it's going to be so much faster. I think they're going to equal out by about the time you load up a router with, say, like a straight cutting bit, get it okay. all set, and then make your passes. I think they're going to even each other out, but. Okay. One thing that I really liked about the, the plow plane is, you know how sometimes, and we, we've talked about the, this as being a reason why maybe you want to get um, like a router plane is, you know, how you're going along and then occasionally there's that little dip where it's not staying as consistently deep along the entire length. Uh-huh. Well, that's one thing I found with the plow plane is I was able to keep it consistently deep. And I think the the hardest part about it was maybe getting the initial groove started, but once you establish that first shoulder, and it only takes one pass to really get that shoulder established. Once it's established, man, it just goes super fast. In fact, <laughs> my wife I, I think she thought I was having a fix. I was just like going back and forth really quick on like about a it's about a two foot long piece just to see how how deep I can get the dado. And I did a <laughs> quarter inch dado in about I don't know, maybe or a quarter inch groove in about not even five minutes. I mean, it was along this two this two foot long length. In fact, yeah, that was even with the setup, so about yeah, about five minutes set up to being finished and it was all done and it was nice and deep and it was clean it had the the nice shoulders and everything so
1: wow yeah
0: me likey i'm now i'm I'm trying to get a hold of the uh the wider blades to see what i could do with that because sure comes with the quarter but then of course you got to pay for the other ones so i'm like i want to see what else i can do with this and just i don't know play with that it it doesn't work for cross grain uh like dados or anything so if you're planning on doing anything like that with a plow plane, not so much i think what you'd really have to do is like cut the shoulders ahead of time kind of get a a a length you know or a depth cut uh, along there so the shoulders are already established and then go because I did try to do it and all it does is just rip the day, daylights out of the out of the face I mean it was just it was neat but it was really So bad.
1: <laughs> so once it's already established would you would you say that this is more uh, better suited to to increasing the depth of that groove uh, especially in a cross grain situation, is that better suited than, say, a router plane would be for that operation?
0: Um, I don't know. I think they could do it each job. I mean, each of them could do it equally well. But I, I almost would rather go with the router plane instead because yeah. router plane, you know, you you can put in a different blade that would be specifically for it because there's the one that has kind of the uh, looks more like a plow. And I think okay. that one would work better at it because this really does, even once you get that shoulder established, it really does kind of rip the grain a little bit. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't look like it looks as nice. And I'm not sure if the fit would be exactly what you want. Gotcha. But if you just want to make it rough, you just want to get it done. It's just a utilitarian type job. Man, you could easily use it with no problem whatsoever.
1: Very so, cool. Sounds yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, so that was that was my big thing. I was definitely having a lot of fun with that. the The other big thing that's been going on in the shop is... Up until now, I never really had like a quote-unquote dedicated sharpening area. I always just kind of had mm-hmm. my, my stones off to the side in the shelf. And then if something needed to be sharpened, to clear off the workbench, set the stuff up, and then do it. So there was a lot of times I did not want to sharpen anything because it's like it takes forever. If I'm in the middle of a project, it's almost better to deal with the dull tools the way I always looked at it. And then I'd be pissed off at the end going, God, I should have sharpened that damn thing. So found an old uh, uh, microwave uh, cart, brought it into the shop. Set it up there, put my stones and everything on that, and holy cats, wow, it's amazing how easy it is just to go, oh, this blade's getting a little dull. I guess I shouldn't have dropped it on the floor. Let's go over here and <laughs> and resharpen it. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, that's one of those things that if, if you uh, are, are finding that you need to uh, resharpen chisels, you're doing a lot of work with them or anything like that, definitely mm-hmm. a, a dedicated sharpening center makes a world of difference. Up until now, I was somewhat skeptical about it, but to be honest with you, I don't know what the hell I was waiting for.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's nice to have it there ready to go because, uh, I mean, half of the time, sharpening really isn't something that has to take that long. Once, you're, you know, once, once your bevels are established and the backs of your chisels and, and uh, blades are flat, it's really just a matter of a quick honing job. And if everything is set up, ready to go, all you need to do is you know spray a little water down or whatever your system you're using, uh, take a few laps, and it's honed. You know, it's really going to keep your tools that much sharper and, uh, well, that much safer, right?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it makes it so much easier because you really can – you know how like even with like a table saw, when you feel that blade is starting to get dull, you know how much it's just so much harder to push through. You're noticing you're getting those really awkward cuts like maybe it's burning a little more. I really feel that with my hand planes as I'm just doing a, a, a quick smoothing on just a small piece. If I notice it, I'm really putting a lot of effort in, and I'm a lazy guy, so I know when I'm putting a lot of effort into something, <laughs> uh, that's when it's just like one of those, all right, it's time to just pop this open. And you're right, it just takes literally a couple of minutes to get that set up and pop it on the, onto the stone, make a couple of quick passes, and you're back in the game in no time at all. So yeah, awesome. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out what I was waiting for. Now, the downside to this is one thing I discovered when I was setting up that sharpening station is... Um, since I'm using water stones, obviously you want to keep those as flat as possible. It's just like if you were mm-hmm. using sandpaper on glass, you want to make sure there's no bow in there. Well, I have one of those Norton lapping stones, kind of the big ones with the grooves in it, and that's what right. you, I would typically use to flatten it. I don't know how this happened, but apparently my lapping stone actually has a belly in it. So it's, been, <laughs> it's been translating my other ones. I'm like, oh my god, I felt like such an idiot. So set that aside, redid my stones, and once again, now I have dedicated center, now I have better stones, now I'm getting better sharpening. Wow, it's amazing
1: how these things come together. <laughs> nice. Well, good job, man. That's awesome.
0: Yep, and, and then the last thing that we have going on right now is, since I'm playing with all these things, I've decided I really want to get better at my hand-cut dovetails. Because Who doesn't?
1: Who doesn't? Exact, you know? they're, they're, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> it's, it's like losing weight. I always tell myself I'm going to do it, and I never get around to it. <laughs> right, right. So what I recently did is I have a whole bunch of scrap, maybe stuff I can hand out to the kids when they come to Halloween, trick or treat. <laughs> um, I cut it up in the, like small, like four inch blocks. And I've got them all uniform sizes. And I've now decided every night I'm going to do at least a minimum of one set of hand cut dovetails to try and get myself to that point where I feel more comfortable with it. And I'm on night number four. And right now I've noticed there's a dramatic improvement between night one, and night number four. I mean, it's, it still has a little ways to go, but it's insane how just a little practice, and I know we've talked about this, can go a long way. So oh,
1: yeah.
0: I definitely. I, I challenge anybody else to try this. I mean, if you really want to try it, definitely just get a few scraps. and They don't have to be uniform. Just give it a shot.
1: You know what you should do? Take, uh, like, f- take a picture of each one as you go through, and then when, you're all, when it's all said and done after like a two- or three-week period, uh, loop them together in like a time-lapse video. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you can see each one and watch your progression from one to the next, and show how you improved.
0: That's a good idea because you know what? I've got the four right now, and I know which one went, which one went from each night. So I'm going to do that as soon as I'm off the show. I'm going to go in. <laughs> there you go. I'm take the pictures. It's kind of like that guy just did you see that one thing where the guy was taking a picture of every day of his life for like the past several years, and you yes. can see the progression. That's just that's eerie, and when you that's see my- it's
1: eerie and disturbing. Uh, fortunately, dovetails will be less so, but right. uh, it's, it's still very cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, um let's talk about a few of the things that we've uh, come across around the web and okay. the first thing I've got here is a very cool project. It's the Western Pennsylvania Table project. Now, uh, obviously Katrina occurred quite some time ago and for a lot of us it's like okay that you know we're we're sort of out of touch with it so we assume that you know, the disaster is over, things are being fixed, and everybody's okay. And the reality is a lot of these people, even if they get a home, uh, they may not have anything in that home, including furniture. So what these guys did, and I've been dealing with, uh, I can't recall his last name, but Scott, and I believe Jim is the founder, um, they have this group going where they are building these tables. And it's not just kind of like a free-for-all. There is a plan uh, with a very specific table that's meant to, uh, be knocked down and easy to ship, and what they 've done is is deliver hundreds of these tables to New Orleans and um, are giving these to uh, to victims of the uh, disaster that happened there so um, I really want to just kind of promote this for these guys because it 's a great cause they 've got numerous ways that you can get involved and in, uh, I guess you could be an affiliate if you want to you can uh, probably get involved in the building and uh, also they accept donations. Um, Excuse me. So go to uh, westernpatableproject.org. And uh, everything is there. It exp- explains everything you need to know about the project, who's running it, uh, what they do, how it works. Um, but it's an incredibly great cause. And I think a lot of times, sometimes charities, and not just charities dealing with woodworking, but charities in general, uh, tend to lose focus on how to to take the, the, the people's effort and the kindness that everybody's putting into it and the physical output of what they're producing and actually get that to the people who need it. There always seems, uh, many times seems to be that disconnect where no one actually thought it that far through. Right. And this group seems to clearly have uh, exactly what they need and they're producing a ton of this stuff and getting it to the people who need it, which you know makes you feel really good about what you're doing. So... Uh check it out. It's the Western Table or I'm sorry, Western PA Table Project.org.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I went there and I I did take a look at this project. And this is so neat because this is a great example of something you know, something you you can take your own passion and maybe you, you typically don't think you can help out. Because I think there was even a comment on here about how a lot of these guys wanted to do something for the Katrina Katrina victims. And more or less, it was like one of those, well, we, we don't have the time or we don't have the physical ability to come down there and help up with the clean, out, clean up and everything. Mm-hmm. But yet something as simple as a piece of furniture can make such a huge difference. Because I think there was even a comment in here when I was kind of reading through this about one of the people who have received one of the tables. And it's just like one of those. This is a group of people that have been basically stranded away from home. They've probably been, you know, eating out. They've been eating in strange areas. They've just been, you know, all in who knows what. And something as simple and comforting as a kitchen table coming into their house gives them an opportunity to just kind of sit down and just relax. You know yeah. you're home, you know, and we can think exactly. about rebuilding a house, but if you don't have furniture in it, man, it's just an empty shell. There's just no getting around it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they, they really do a, a great thing there, and I was going to try and get an interview uh, with Jim, but we're uh, having some technical uh, difficulties connecting with each other. So, uh, But maybe maybe we'll get him on, uh, on the show and do a quick interview, let him h- explain in his own words what the project is and how it all goes down. Uh, but there's plenty of information on the website so if you are interested in contributing and helping out, uh, it's a great cause. Check it out. Sweet. Um, uh, what's the next thing we've got here?
0: Okay, well the next thing is something completely different. It's, this is an out of world, out of uh, off worldly type thing, you know, uh, the exact opposite of the, the seriousness we were just talking about. But I happen to come across this uh, article and it was at toolsnob.com. And apparently, they discovered when they, were, they did a recent article about a new attachment for the RotoZip. I don't know if you're familiar with that, uh, it's like more uh-huh. of a drywall tool type thing. Yep. Well, it turns out that NASA is using a uh, RotoZip cutter to break through the permafrost on Mars to collect samples. <laughs> and, and I just think that this is so neat because it's just like one of those, you know, I happen to have just sold one last year in my garage sale, so I'm wondering if maybe that guy in the uniform was, it was NASA. from NASA.
1: was from NASA. I would no. hope they could afford to buy a brand new one, you know? <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe, yeah, maybe a nicer model than the one I had. But it's so funny because I think in, in the article it was actually saying that uh, they've tried a whole bunch of different things, and nothing could get through the permafrost. But I, I guess this one particular uh, drill bit uh, or cutter bit that the Rotozip uses, it turned out that well, their hunch worked, <laughs> and they were able to break through the permafrost and actually get something up from it. So <laughs> I just I saw that's that really
1: funny, man. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. I'm like, that's really funny. So I mean, how many people have this Rotozip? And it's like one of those, you know, so many things came from NASA. We have Tang now the rotozip has proven itself <laughs> dude that's crazy oh man and you know another kind of funny thing that i came across and this was from uh popular woodworking i think it was yeah. on this this is so funny because it's like one of those we talk about how there's lasers for everything yeah and and now there's a miter saw that's out there and it has a camera built on it so What you end up doing is, I think it has a laser also, just to to help, you know, double everything up.
1: Just to round it off nicely.
0: (laughs) Right. (laughs) But this camera is set up so that when you bring the blade down a position, how many times have you gotten your, your, you went up against the fence and you got the line and you just want to make sure that you got the, the the cut's going to be right where that line is. Well, you no longer have to do that, you know, the difficulty of like bending your neck to look to see if it's lined up. There's a camera... Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, as a fat guy, you saved my butt. Well, only other option was to lift the miter saw way up high, <laughs> right? Right. But there's a, a monitor up where the handle is, so you can you can you know align them up so that you know right where your laser is going to be and where that cut's going to go, and you no longer ever have to like stoop. So oh, that's funny.
1: Hey, uh, Funk in the chat room wants to know if the uh, saw comes with a clock radio too.
0: Oh, uh, you know what? I think there's probably an alternative uh, option that you can get on that, and so. <laughs> We'll we'll definitely have to see if they'll if they'll come out with that next. Maybe or even a, a nice rotisserie.
1: That or <laughs> that, or certainly, how about an iPod dock? Ooh, I, I mean, like that. You could, see, I mean, seriously, you're cutting all day. You could use something to charge the phone and sync it with your computer, or you know, whatever. It, you know, what?
0: they should have a speed control on the volume, so when the saw <laughs> engages. Volume goes up.
1: <laughs> uh, just like in the car. Perfect. There,
0: there you go. And it was funny because, you know, another thing when we when I saw this article, it reminded me of uh, somebody has sent this to me and I see that it, popular woodworking found it also. There is a, a handsaw. I think we might have covered this before. An actual handsaw like cut back and forth like I like to use, like the galutes use, with a laser on it to help you is make sure that <laughs> your cut is perfectly right along that line it doesn't it doesn't engage while you're making the cut but you can stop halfway through and be like oh it looks my curves off a little re-engage it and go across again
1: <laughs> oh man lasers and hand saws it's blasphemy Next thing is going to be lasers and
0: hand planes. Oh, I should keep those one myself. <laughs>
1: there you go. And you can get the uh, patent on that quick. There we go. <laughs> all right. So let's jump into some news here. Uh, we've got, well, first of all, this is a little bit old news. This was before well, probably a couple of weeks ago we announced the winners of the uh, uh, the first Lee Valley sponsored giveaway. And that was for exactly what you were talking about earlier, Matt, the uh, skew Rabbit Planes. Yeah. And the winners were uh, Richard Sylvester and Mac McKinney, who hopefully, if I'm not mistaken, have them by now, right?
0: Yeah, they should have because I think shortly after, at least a day or so after you had uh, done the drawing and we announced it, um, I got those in the mail immediately because so I ran down and I, I remember that experience because it was a really bad post office and I don't want to go there again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Well, we have uh, that. That one was a quick turnaround because we wanted to make sure people had a chance to get the. Uh, The uh, planes, if they did not win, that they could still get them at the sale price. So we kind of had to rush that one. But in the future, uh, and including November, I believe we will have another giveaway that will give us a full month to get everybody signed up Uh, But for other great uh, Lee Valley stuff. So uh, definitely something to look forward to in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. So get your name in when the time comes, because we're, you're going to love every minute of it, because I, I know I am. When I'm playing with the thing, you're going to win.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. All right, Sweet. jumping into some uh, some hot deals. We've got a few good ones here. Um, you brought in some nice ones there too, Matt. I've got one here from, I don't know, you know what, This I'm telling you, I, I say this every time, the, that Peachtree uh, email e-direct offer thing, sign up for that, because there's always good stuff in there. They have a $100 off the Freud SD600WD Series 8-inch uh, width dado. So this is the one where it's not like a wobble stack. It's not a traditional stack where you use the spacers. It's the one where you turn the little dial and it uh, increases the width of the dado, which is probably one of the most expensive dados out there. Right. Uh, regular price 269 The special offer is $169. That is an incredible bargain, and I've got the link there. Well, of course, all the links will be in the, the show notes.
0: Right, definitely. Yeah, I've seen that one before. You're right, because you can kind of dial it just the right way, so it's not too big, not too small. My stack one, I love it, but sometimes I kind of put the shims in the wrong spots, and I'm like, why is yeah. that not? Oh, it's on the outside. But,
1: you know, and I've not, the weird thing is I haven't heard a whole lot about this. This thing has been out for years, and I think it's just priced a little bit too high uh, for anybody to seriously consider buying it for the average person to, to consider it. So um, I don't. I guess that's got to be what the deal is because. It's still on the market. It's still doing pretty well and looks good. I haven't heard anything bad. I just haven't really heard a whole lot at all.
0: Right. Yeah. Definitely. Kind of sweet. Weird. Yeah. That peach tree. You're absolutely right about signing up for that I'm gonna That's another thing I have on my list of to do's because uh, some people were talking about it on Twitter. On Twitter, and I was just uh-huh. like, "Peach tree, peach tree. Where have I heard that before? I know they got something good going on. So definitely, I'm gonna go sign up for that. Totally. Sweet. All right. Well, the next one. Uh, if you head over to Highland Woodworking. For, well, actually, you have until Friday night, October 31st to take advantage of this, but if you order $50 more or more of any merchandise from their website, or you can call in, even uh, just pick up their catalog if you happen to have one, call in, you can talk to the operator, enter code 101708, or just tell the phone operator about it, and you will get $50. Or, You'll get free shipping. Excuse me. I'm like, $50 off? Wait, no, I read that wrong. <laughs> Man, they would hate me over there. They're like, that's it. He's never, you know, he's, we're not talking to him anymore. Yeah, nice. But Highland Woodworking, let me clarify this, is offering free ground ship, uh, shipping anywhere within the 48 contiguous states. Uh, on an order of $50 or more just enter that code we'll have this information in the show notes for you again you have till uh october 31st to go ahead and take care of that because uh that's a pretty sweet deal i was looking at a couple of things there and i might have to take advantage of it of course
1: it is know. could could they come up with a more random discount code though <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> it's like hey i'm 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 here for the one oh one seven oh eight it's like the secret code how about just like uh shipping Free yeah, shipping. there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, free.
0: Uh, yeah. Anything else except for that? Because I, I can see myself being like, I'm for the one o one seven one eight. They're like, Oh, you want the extra shipping added on? Yeah, we'll take care of that. <laughs>
1: that's oh, that's for the pink elephant plush toy. We'll get that right out to you, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Hey, it's free shipping. Who the heck cares what the code is? I just like right. making fun of things like that. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I can't remember those numbers. Yeah, All right. right. All right, so the next one that I have is we have, again, free shipping, but you also get 10% off purchases of $99 or more on DeWalt tools, any of the DeWalt tools. Oh, I'm sure there's probably exceptions made. But if you head over to toolup.com, and you'll find the information over there. Now, I actually did head over there, and they have it, a banner up sh- saying that they have this going on, but there doesn't say anything about when it ends or specifically which tools, but I'm pretty sure once you place the order, that it should go ahead and just kick right in. So definitely cool. that one out. So do, you right. want to do one last one? There's, there's one more on here.
1: Yeah, you know, I haven't paid much attention to this. This is uh, one of yours, but I'll, I'll certainly read it. Popular Woodworking um, is offering $13,000 in workshop tools and supplies, uh, and it's a big giveaway that they're having over there. So um, go to Winshop.com dot popularwoodworking.com um tell us a little bit more about this because i'm not that familiar with it
0: okay well I, i believe this is a yearly thing that they do and uh they more or less get like a whole bunch of stuff uh i mean we're talking like power tools uh we're talking you know glue we're talking all sorts of stuff anything that you probably have either wanted in your shop or typically use every single day i know that um I, let's see here. I'm trying to bring it up. It's a nice picture of Steve Shannis If you haven't met Steve, he's a very nice guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm
1: looking at it right now. He looks like he looks like the dude that has all the question marks on his shirt and does those infomercials about like you know making money. Not not. I mean, I've seen Steve, and not in person, but in this picture, the way they've arranged everything, <laughs> it totally looks like that. Oh, I wish you hadn't said that now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Get this table saw right now! You know he's definitely got that look. Yeah, I hope Steve's right not up. offended by that. I lo- I I love Steve. he's a great guy, and <laughs> I don't mean to be offensive, but I it just looks like that to me.
0: He does. He, I'm I'm 100 with it. He absolutely. And it, if you guys know exactly who we're talking about, you got to check out the picture, and you can see it. We we should do a side by side picture. That would be really funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's a far away picture. He's behind other. Uh, graphics on the screen and he's got both hands out you know like he's doing his little infomercial stance and uh that is fantastic that's that's a good picture
0: yeah definitely and as you can see there's tools from jet there's uh tools from bessie Type bond um all sorts of good stuff in there let's see uh, i forget who else is there but regardless it's thirteen thousand dollars worth of equipment and supplies and who doesn't want thirteen thousand dollars worth of equipment and supplies? I do
1: <laughs> so yeah that, who wouldn't right, yeah, and, and unfortunately, I think I just ruined any chances we've had of uh, actually working with popular woodworking, so let's yeah, let's move think, on <laughs> yeah let's let's get out of here, <laughs> maybe you should edit that part out <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no all right, uh, let's see, so we got a as a topic it's not not like one of our normal topics, not a, a much of a, a big deal here, but since the holidays are coming up it's it's a good time to start thinking about what you want to build, um, you know, especially projects that you could batch out a. You know, five or six of them, and given the family members and things like that, and just quality projects that are quick—you know, one or two-day turnaround projects. So, I have a few that I'm going to be doing on the show. Uh, okay. Hopefully, three, but at least two, and I could talk about those real quick and uh, see if you have any uh, any ideas to add there, Matt. No, go um, for it. The first one, which I just completed yesterday, it took me two days to do, so it's uh, it's really hitting that target number that I wanted. Is a magazine rack type. Thing. It's like a floor-standing, cross-braced, you know, uh, magazine rack, I guess, for like a bathroom or a small space. So the the two pieces are two flat boards that um, that nest into each other in the shape of an X and uh it it's made out of walnut and i'll probably make the the one that i'm going to film for the show out of something else but it turned out really nice very simple stacks flat so that if you want to give it away as a gift you could you know wrap it up and actually not even put it in a box just wrap it itself cuz it's nice and flat it looks like um oh when it's flat it's almost like a box of candies or something like that so well, uh, they would have no so. idea <laughs> they had no no idea what it is so uh, that that's one little quick project, and the other thing I think I want to do is a clock, like a small mantle clock. Nice. Um, have you seen in the catalogs those little two inch uh, circular uh, clock inserts that they uh-huh. sell like at Lee Valley and, and Rockler and things? Yep, yeah, uh, I have seen. those. So I'm thinking about picking a couple of those up, and it seems like you can make just about any shape out of any wood, and you know, get a big fat Forstner bit and drill straight through, or some kind of a router template, and batch those things out like like it's nobody's business. Uh, You know, the main cost to that is just going to be the clockworks itself. So um, that that is my second idea for this year. And third idea, I don't know. I I mean, cutting boards are always great. A nice long grain cutting board, not the end grain, uh, because that's a little bit more time than you'd want to spend for a a bunch of these to batch out. I mean, you could do it, but it's going to take some time. Uh, So a nice traditional long grain cutting board probably is a good idea, too.
0: Nice. Yeah. No, that that's definitely, the, I love that idea of the mantle clock because uh, I know my, my wife's talked about it and uh, my mother-in-law has this nice artificial fireplace that I could see one totally going on. So that, that sure, would
1: absolutely sir. work. Yeah,
0: Do you have uh, any
1: specific plans for anything that you're making yourself?
0: Right now, I, I'm kind of playing with a little bit the idea of, I was thinking about making some small like serving trays, nothing really big. Something kind of small, something that again, I like that idea of like you know it should take no more than maybe a couple days to put the whole thing together, uh-huh. you know because I mean, being a really when it comes down to a weekend woodworker, that's really all I have, so that makes you know a lot of sense to kind of batch those out a little bit. Um, uh, maybe like some ornate boxes is always a nice thing. I've been seeing some beautiful ones that have been coming in from the listeners, especially like humidors. I got a number of friends that are cigar smokers. I'm not allowed to hang out at their house anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> but you know stuff like that. Um, you know, and of course, there's always like kind of the traditional ones like pen turning. I don't do any of those because I'm not allowed to have a lathe either. All those shavings and too much time down mm-hmm. in the shop. But right. um, yeah, those are those are the two that I've been thinking about. Is more or less kind of the like a, a the ornate box and like a serving tray because there's a lot of times that I, I think those could kind of come in pretty neat. So yeah, definitely. Sure. I'd love to see that at ma- that mantle clock that you're talking about. Kind of the smaller one. That's that's a really neat project. I've always thought about doing something like that
1: yeah i haven't uh haven't designed it yet. I know that it's going to have a hole in the middle for a clock, and that's about it
0: right now, that's always a good good place to put it uh especially if you yeah. want it to be you know you could put a door on it just to mess with people but <laughs> yeah,
1: that that you could well I've seen some really cool things out there and i I've got some ideas just um you know something the the trick here with a lot of these holiday things is to get something that actually looks much more difficult than it really is. Uh, to build. And once you um, have that, you really impress people with what you can do. And then, you know, it doesn't take much effort for you to do it. Uh, And the other thing is, I mean, we're talking about holiday stuff here, but this is also stuff that makes great. uh, If you're trying to make a few bucks, you know, and you get yourself into a craft show or something, these are the things that are are actually going to make you some money if you can batch them out quickly, but they look like they took you a week to do when in fact it only took two days, you know, plus finishing. to complete it that's uh, you know not not a bad idea so these holiday projects are also great projects to sell as well
0: right absolutely you know another one that i was thinking about is uh, last year i kind of got started a little bit on uh, carving and like not necessarily like with chisels more or less like with the actual knife i guess glorified whittling is what my friends like to call it. And uh, <laughs> so I, I made a few ornaments last year and that's another thing that I was thinking about is I went out and bought a block of basswood and I'm like you know what, I'm going to sit down and I've got a couple of plants that I'm thinking about playing with and this is something I've been thinking about sharing on the show. I'm just afraid that the show was going to be the one where I actually like, alright, well you want to wear this Kevlar glove oh I forgot to wear mine and it's all over but <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> so that, that's another thing as I was thinking too about, you know, like a few just basic ornaments uh, my kids love them because I make them and then they just kind of paint them or do whatever they want to, so that's one of those. Or, we've even
1: a chessboard. Oh, wow, I never thought about that. Well, there yeah. you go. That's a little bit more elaborate,
0: yeah. So, it's a special th- gift, <laughs> yeah. But nobody might my, know in my house or my friends know how to play chess. That's that's beyond us.
1: <laughs> checkers, it's always there you, checkers. There you go. When in <laughs> doubt, when in doubt, play checkers. Uh, all right. Well, we've got a few voicemails, I can't remember what the order is, but we've got one from Ski. Uh, and one from David from Wisp Woods. And um, well, you know what? Let me click it and see what happens, and hopefully it will be uh, something interesting. Okay. Hey, Wood Talk. This is Ski.
0: I was calling in with a plywood oriented question. I've been working with some maple plywood. I had some glue squeeze out in a
1: dado that I did, and there's a run running down the shelf. I've been able to chill it off, scraper it off, so that it looks reasonable though not great i'm afraid to attack it with a power sander because i'm only doing with plywood are there any solutions to deal with this run or do i need to scrap the shelf and put in a new one okay thanks you guys are doing a great job okay thank you yeah ski's always always good for a compliment yeah definitely all right so
0: glue on, on plywood now we were trying to talk about this uh, before we, we came on, uh, on air, and we were mentioning, you, know, I mean, it's, you definitely want to be very careful because you don't want to blow through the veneer, and obviously that's what he's thinking about. Mm-hmm. So he, it, the first thing with the chisel and then with the scraper, you know, that's pretty much where I'm like I think it, this is going to be one of those situations where you, you're, he's right. He doesn't want to really so much tackle this with a power sander because I have done that where I thought I was completely safe, blown right through it, and then try to figure out, well, this is a good spot where you could put a plant. And you could put a book over this, so you don't <laughs> right. have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. But people don't want to do that always. Um, this is where you really have to maybe start thinking about hand sanding, like getting—I don't not know going to say aggressive, but like one of those. Th- this is where I would hand sand for sure. And I hate hand sanding, but uh, th- th- that's where this particular situation would definitely come into a, I- into action for me. Yeah. Um. You know, because that way I can really control what I'm doing. I got an idea of how much pressure I'm applying. And obviously I can stop in between them if I really notice that in one tiny area I'm starting to blow through it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, yeah, I definitely, I would try to stay away from the power sandings. From my own experience at least, I've been foolish enough to push too hard and go right through it. Sure,
1: sure. Well, I mean, the problem is what if that's all not going to work? What if he knows that he's getting uh, too close to the to the substrate and he's going to blow through that veneer I mean, the problem is veneer is not very thick, you know? So once it soaks in that glue and if you've got that stain on there, it may never come out, you know? He may yeah. actually have to start over and And I would do the same thing. I would, because it, it, look at it this way, you either are going to live with the stain or you're going to blow through it trying to get rid of it. So either way, you know, it, it, you have to figure out where which way you want to go with it and you can only sand so much. So I would probably keep sanding because if if you can't live with the stain, then what other choice do you have? Keep sanding until it goes away or until you blow through the veneer and say, okay, screw it, let me grab another piece.
0: Right, yep. You know?
1: So the idea though is if you can, there's a couple things you can do though and this may affect the whole project. If it's a little glue stain, now this is tricky to do once the glue is already set but think about if, um, let's say, a piece of furniture goes outside and it starts to rain and you get a couple raindrops on it and you go, oh no, and you pull it inside and you just leave it alone and let it dry. What's going to happen? Those little raindrop spots are going to be very noticeable and look different than the rest of the piece. It'll have like, you know, a little bit of a leopard look to it with the spots. Uh, right. But if you would, when it was raining and you took it inside, if you would have taken a spray bottle and wet the whole surface down and make the entire surface wet Again, you know, the wood is gonna is gonna basically uh, raise the grain, and it's not going to be a, a great thing. But at least it's all going to look consistent, and you could sand it back down. So kind of the same concept here. I wonder what would happen. Uh, and again, this will affect the whole project if he let's say took a very dilute solution of glue, uh, dilute it, you know, maybe down to ten percent and cover the surface with that. I mean, it's basically going to seal the wood, you know, kind of like a nice shellac layer or any any initial coat of finish, but it might sort of equalize the surface, if if you want to say it that way, and make it all so that it would look the same, but I think it's that's a little bit risky. I don't know that I'd recommend doing that, but if you're really desperate, you certainly could give that a shot, but now right. that piece is going to look stain and finish differently than the entire rest of the project so I don't know that that's feasible or smart but it's certainly along the lines of what you might have to do if you're absolutely desperate right here's
0: another option turn the project upside down so now the headpiece is the bottom of a shelf so you don't have to worry about it anymore <laughs> yeah
1: but there's really short people who might see that Matt. that's true yeah, being, I would. you were being completely <laughs> insensitive <laughs> uh, no, it's, that's
0: part that's my job
1: <laughs> it's okay for short well, people to see it but not not tall people <laughs> that's right i
0: tell my mom that all the time i'm like come on woman get down there there's a reason you're short giving that dust down there <laughs> yeah well if it is
1: if it is one shelf you know if if you're really bothered by it and there isn't a way to hide it just chuck it you know start right. over again
0: maybe one other option is if you go ahead and you stain it And you you get it, you know, and it's really noticeable. I mean, it's just like one of those, hey, Ski, I didn't know you were working with zebra wood. What's the streak down the middle here? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Maybe this is an opportunity to, remember we talked about getting a little artistic before and maybe taking like a dye or even a paint and trying to match it up. Because if it's one particular area, if it's, you know, one straight line or something like that, this could be an opportunity maybe to play with that a little bit to see if you could match it up. True. If it would help out. So that might be another option. There's always the inlay, but I think if you've got this thing in place already, it's already glued up, mm, that's going to be a little difficult, too. So. Yeah. Uh, so good luck with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Hopefully you heard something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we got another voicemail here, and uh, this one by Process of Elimination should be uh, David's question. Hey, Mark and Matt, it's David from Whisk Woods again. Today I have a question for you about pine and the fuzz that I get off my table saw. When I run a board through my table saw, a pine board, it comes off and it's got a lot of fuzz on the edge. Um, And when I tried to plane the edge flat and smooth with my number five hand plane set to take a very fine shaving, the fuzz acts kind of like spongy wood and it just does not cut. So I was wondering if you guys had any tips to get around that. What I've been doing is running a different plane with a thicker setting over the fuzz to remove it and then going back with the fine set plane to flatten the surface. Thanks for answering my question. Bye. Okay, I am going to give David my smart ass answer and then I will okay. let Matt give a real answer. My okay. suggestion is don't use pine. Oh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh, Damn it. We should have talked about this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, oh.
1: to be honest, I, I don't really use Pine very much. So I, I think I've I've I mentioned this earlier uh, with you, Matt, that I've I've made maybe one or two at the most legitimate projects out of Pine. Um, I didn't necessarily experience that as a you know Pine specific problem with this fuzz that he's talking about. So I never really had to troubleshoot it. But you know, like any other soft, you know, softer wood um you know using sharp blades and sanding afterwards and just the standard stuff usually would take care of it so is this from your experience with pine is this something that that seems to be a unique issue uh, with softer woods like that
0: that i've run into that myself and it's i hate to say it's come down to one of those i just kind of learned to deal with it kind of a thing i mean i don't think i've had it quite as bad as dave but um it it definitely it is something i've run into. you know it, when it comes to like even using like hand tools especially with with the with pine man i I don't get the same exact results that I do with hardwoods, and you know hand tools will tell you that you have to use a completely different angle in order to get excellent results on softwood so yeah. I don't really know if there's a a a real Way that I could get around. Like I said, I've, I've just learned to kind of just deal with it and then clean it up as I'm going into the, you know, more of the, the assembly process and stuff like that. A, a couple ideas that i just off the top of my head a little bit um, is maybe along the cut line or something. I, I know some people have mentioned using like mineral spirits on the wood just to kind of like wet it so that when it runs through, that fuzz is going to kind of stay in place because the fibers, since they're a little bit, since they are a little bit soaked will stay in place so you don't don't quite run into it but hmm. you know unfortunately there's not really much else i can think of yeah pine is it's a very fuzzy wood in so many different ways yeah, <laughs> and it's, yeah. it can be very unforgiving i mean it, it, it dents it splinters it does all sorts of stuff um you know the, the only other option is like really super sharp tools but obviously if you're using your tools all the time and you, you, you happen to just be using the pine that's that's not gonna make a difference so yeah um I really wish I could offer more on that, but that's, that's the only thing I could think of is just simply it just kind of happens. You know, One other option is, no, nah, I, I, that really wouldn't be that feasible as I'm like, you know a lot of times I would do like pre-score lines or something, but man, that really wears you down fast, especially yeah. when you're working on a project. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be
1: quite a bit of work. Um, well, you know, the other thing is um, crap. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh hey, that, that's a, you have a total madism.
0: Yeah, and we're going to talk about, what are we talking
1: about. Good thing that doesn't happen very often. Jeez, what am I getting old? Um, I what was I going to say? That is so disturbing to me right now.
0: Oh man, it probably.
1: Is- oh, I know what I was going to say. Stop distracting me, Matt. It was uh, <laughs> I was going to mention that working with uh, Alder uh, is is one of those things where Alder is a, a relatively lightweight, soft wood. And anytime I have used alder for practice cuts and hand tools and even my sharpest chisels, just it's the way the fibers break apart as you slice through them is really weird. It's really foreign yeah. if you're used to working with a lot of exotics and, and sort of heavy duty hardwoods. So, um, you know, I could see it kind of being the same thing presenting certain problems in softer woods. So, you know what? That's, that's what our audience is here for is to fill in those gaps that, that we can't uh, address. So, if anybody has some good tips on Uh, dealing with this specific issue that uh, David mentions, please uh, leave it in the comment section of uh, either uh, Matt's posting of this episode or mine and uh, that would be much appreciated because uh, you know what? Uh, Despite the fact that what everyone thinks, uh, Matt and I don't know everything. Right. Wait, whoever thought that? Actually the reality <laughs> is people know that we don't know anything, so that's what makes it all right. so fun. <laughs> but-
0: exactly. Yeah, they turn in like let's see what the two boobs are doing. <laughs> yeah, my my.
1: The, what I know how to do is hit the record button and set up a microphone, which is uh, you know, is my claim to fame here. <laughs> right. You know
0: <laughs> one what other one that reminds me, if you really want to just rip your hair out on kind of like fuzzy stringy wood, I worked with Aspen before. Oh my god, I hated Bad, every huh? minute. Of- Oh, that was that was like working with string cheese sometimes. I mean it was so stringy all over the place. It was insane. You'd make a cut and I swear there'd be like these little fibers. And You ever do that thing like you see like a sweater like, oh, you got a piece of string there. Let me get that. You start pulling the whole sweater apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding.
1: Wow, I've never actually worked with it but now I know I probably will never work with it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, well, you know what? Let's finish up uh like we usually do with uh, – One of Tom Iavino, Tampa Tom, Big T down in Tampa. Uh, Finish up with one of his tips. Hello, everyone. It's Tom Iavino from Tom's Workbench, and it's time for another one of Tom's tips. Say you have to make a particularly shaped piece for a project, and you want the piece to be as accurate as possible. Don't measure and draw the piece freehand. There's an easier way. Photocopy a drawing of the piece that you need to cut on a copier that uses toner, when you need to transfer that part's shape to the wood, place the paper face down and use a clothes iron to literally iron on the plan. Remember, this trick only works for toner-based printers and photocopiers. Doing this on an inkjet image will only leave you with crispy paper. If you want to discover more clever, useful, or even somewhat coherent tips, check out my blog at tomsworkbench.com or visit any of the other great blogs that belong to the Wood Whisperer Network at TWWNetwork.com. That's pretty neat. I didn't know about that. No, no clue at all. That's, that's really kind of interesting. Well, that's cool. That's what Tom's here for, to give us those little tidbits that just make our lives that much better.
0: Sweet, now I got another reason to be yelled at for having the iron down in my shop before it was all that <laughs> uh, pre uh, adhesive uh, veneer, but now I got another one.
1: <laughs> Dude, what you have to do, what you have to do is just take the iron and pretend like you have no idea where it went, and eventually they'll you'll get a new one in the house and the old one will stay in the shop and that's pretty much what I did.
0: Nice. You know, What about those folks who don't have an iron? I wonder if you could take it to like, the dry cleaner and be like, hey, could you press this for me? <laughs> can, just- you,
1: can you press this piece of paper into this piece of wood for me? Thank you. <laughs> right. How much does that cost? Is that like a suit? Or <laughs> it should be uh, a dollar if you go to the right dry cleaners. All right. <laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. Um, I've got a busy day ahead of me. Hey, what do you, what do you have planned today? It's, uh, it's a Saturday. It's beautiful. Actually, what's the temperature there? Uh,
0: here in Muskegon, it's uh, going to hit almost 50. and it's. Oh. It's pouring rain.
1: Poor, <laughs> so. poor you, man. That sucks. This is this is my fun time. It's beautiful. It's like eighty degrees out today, and uh, I think I'll go out and enjoy a cup of coffee on the back patio, and uh, you know, be thankful uh, I live in Arizona.
0: Oh, great. See, I'm going to be sitting in my easy chair now looking out the window going, I hate him. I hate him. (laughs) Plotting against me. (laughs) There you go. No, as soon as I'm done here, we have a Halloween party that my neighborhood puts on, so I got to run the kids down there in their costumes and be like, hey, trick or treat,
1: give us uh, candy. All right, we'll see you guys later. Awesome, (laughs) man. That's cool. Well, tell the kids I said hi and uh, make sure they get their candy x-rayed and watch out for apples
0: yeah well okay no problem you should tell me to watch that because i'm gonna be the one eating all the candy no you guys (laughs) finished it off last week all right folks now if you heard something today that you want to comment on you want to you have a question you want to get answered just like some of the great folks who have uh, done it before get a hold of us you can email us at woodtalkonline at gmail.com or you can pick up the phone leave us a message at 623-242-2450 and you know what we'll try to give you a coherent answer if not we'll make a really stupid one up and we'll have everybody else answer it for you
1: <laughs> <laughs> right and uh, get started on those holiday projects because time's a wasting next thing you know Christmas is going to be here and you're not going to have any gifts for your family so get started uh, well fine. yeah thanks for listening everybody and we will catch you next time Sweet. take care everyone adios